You're listening to Tabletop and Beyond, Guild 9 Gaming Podcast, covering board games to war games and beyond. Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas from Tabletop and Beyond. I'm your host, Justin. The gang's all here. Hey. Have you been naughty or nice, little gamer? <laughs> that is Dan, our resident Santa expert. Yes. And today, we've got a great show for you. We're talking about what's on our Santa wish lists uh, as far as our gaming uh, experiences go. So, we've got some good stuff on here. I took a sneak peek. Uh, I do hope Jason and Dan, both of you, are nice this year so that you get everything that you want. Oh, wishing you the same. <laughs> Fortunately, so Santa's got a hold on my pocketbook. Oh my gosh. So, you and yeah. Games Workshop and Santa have a thing you got to work out. Uh yeah, that's un- unfortunate. Unfortunately, my Santa Claus, uh, she doesn't uh, understand the pull of Games Workshop. <laughs> yeah, she's like, here, have a nice tie. Cool. Yeah, you're like, okay. Cool. Sounds so great. maybe she'll maybe maybe. Maybe Mrs. Claus will listen to the uh, episode. Probably not. But maybe she'll listen to the episode and get a couple ideas. Yeah, my wife yeah. can't get me ties. I'm too picky. <laughs> yeah, I I can promise you my wife will never listen to this podcast ever. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. So we can say whatever we want. You would think, but it's still public, so you That's know. True. It's Once true. it's out there, it's out there. Well, let's kick it off. Jason, how was your Geek Week, buddy? Uh, good. I uh, I started uh, – I have this one hobby that I keep kind of going back to every now and then, and it's drawing. And yeah. um, I started uh, kind of – I started drawing again, um, just sketching and stuff. And I typically about once every, I don't know, like two or three years, I decide it's time to take it seriously, and I pay for some course on Udemy or something – and I start drawing again. And I did that. I paid for some course, went through it, started drawing again. And I'm having fun with it. And I'll keep doing it as long as I have fun with it. So been doing a lot of night, late nights, just kind of sketching and uh, and running through things. It's a really, you know, it, it's important to have hobbies to kind of get away from your real life. And I find drawing, like, very relaxing. Like, I'll put yeah. on, like, you know, a YouTube, like, lo-fi, uh, lo-fi or cyberpunk uh, stream. We know those people put on, like, videos for, like, two hours of you know, a raining like Blade Runner City or something. Yeah. And then I'll just sit there and sketch. And next thing I know, it's like, you know, midnight. And uh, I've just been sketching for like two and a half hours, letting my brain drain. So that's yeah. something something I really enjoy. Uh, the second thing I did was uh, I actually got a new computer. Um, I found that because of the price inflations right now, it costs just as much to buy a complete computer as it does a graphics card. So Yes. Thank yep. you, Bitcoin miners. Yeah. Actually, so, it's not true. Bitcoin miners aren't buying the graphics card. It's the Ethereum and altcoin miners. Thank you. So I got a I got a new computer um, with a you know a not not a bad graphics card. It's not the best right now, but it's um it's pretty close to being a really good one. And so I've been wanting to play Star Citizen for a long time. Mm. This game that's like in a ten year beta right now, uh, or alpha, I guess, whatever. And it's a fun game, man. It's like, uh, you know, we've talked in the past, uh, Elite Dangerous is a, I love Elite Dangerous. I love Space Sims. Star Citizen is a massive game. Not as massive as Elite Dangerous, which is a model of the actual, you know, galaxy. Um, yeah. 
uh, trying to model the universe, actually. Star Citizen is a little bit smaller in that regards, but it's a large, massive scale in terms of, uh, you know, uh, ships and planet side. And, um, you know, you, you can actually run around in your ship and you can mm. exit your sh- You can land and dock in space stations and you can run around the space stations. You can take metro trams in the city from the space space hub and you can run around the shops in the city and then come back and there's just a lot of fun stuff there it's yeah. a beautiful game it's super buggy oh no and it's been around for 10 years i mean like you know you're falling through elevators and you know <laughs> like yeah totally good. <laughs> my favorite thing i did was and it's one of those games where like there's a million key, it's a computer game so there's a million like shortcuts and every key does like three or four things whether you hold the key or you do the key or shift the key and yeah i was in my little starter plane i just found out how to navigate exiting the uh, spaceport i hadn't gone to out uh, up to space yet and i'm like hovering you know i don't know probably like probably like 10,000 feet above the ground hovering and I held the wrong key, and I, d- I guess the game decided, oh, he wants to get out of the ship. So I just popped the cockpit and jumped out of the ship <laughs> 10,000 feet. <laughs> and sucked hard vacuum. Yeah. no. Well, so I, you know, slow – I guess I wasn't too high up. I slowly drifted down until I eventually fell all the way down to the ground. Um, what's funny, though, is that my ship stayed right up there in the air, just hovering. As far as I can tell, <laughs> nice. it's still there. Nice. <laughs> so – yeah, but it's a fun game if you like just kind of quirky sandbox space sim stuff, but it is absolutely buggy, and it is also, oh my gosh, it is a hog. Even on this new PC, I had to bring the settings down. Wow. It's not. It's known to be a very unoptimized game, oh, so like the developers are probably trying to do too much with uh with the resources versus optimizing. So A lot of, a lot of bloat code in there, you think? Yeah, probably, because I've played some other games, like, uh, the Forest was a really fun game. I don't know if anyone's played that or not, but that game I played with a seven-year-old graphics card, and it was a beautiful game. And it could run—I could run that thing at like 90 to 120 frames per second. But Star Citizens, I was getting like two frames per second with that same graphics Oof. card. So it's just—it really is not an optimized game. But that's been my Geek Week. Star Citizen, it looks great. I'm oh on yeah, their website. Oh, it's 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 a awesome game because their website's like Roberts into Space Industries or something. Hmm. Roberts Space Industries is yeah. the name of the company. And yep, RSI. If you if you are if you're ever looking for a fun thing to watch, go to YouTube and type Star Citizen Jailbreak because you hmm. can you can get in trouble with the law in Star Citizen. Like you know if you break, um, well if you fire on people or or spaceports and or stuff, and you can actually go to jail. And when you go to jail, you can work off your time by mining or, oh, no. or yeah, yeah, or just hang out and wait for your time. Or you can break out of jail. And nice. there's like there's like a deep rock hidden way to escape. And these one group of friends that were playing Star Citizens decided to do the jailbreak. It's like, it's probably like a fifty minute YouTube video, but it is just hilarious to watch with all the bugs in the game and and then playing. <laughs> but I mean it starts with them in jail and they they find a way through the mining caverns to kind of break out of the break all the way up to the planet, escape to the planet's surface. And they had a friend from another system come fly a ship in, and you know he landed it out in the rocks. And they jumped on the ship, and they were chased by you know the patrols and like you know there was space comets. It's just an exciting little adventure to watch. Well, so maybe I mean, you want to actually play the game. The stills of the of it on the website look really great. 
it's gorgeous like a, if you have like a three thousand dollar rig. And that's what it's for. Yeah, right. Yeah. My my rig did not cost that much. But yeah. uh okay. but it, it plays nice. I played at two K versus four K and it plays okay. Yeah. Ten eighty P you'll be fine. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Anyways, that was my geek week. Nice, nice, nice. Dan, how was yours? So we talked about the Beatles last episode, and um, back in the day when we had a Nintendo Wii, we were getting, and when everybody was getting into Rock Band and Guitar Hero, I um, bought Band Hero with the drums and the guitar, and I also bought Beatle, the Beatles Rock Band. Oh, yeah. Yep. And Mm -hmm. I played the heck out of that game. And I still have the disc, but I don't have a Wii, right? And we got rid of all the hardware. I mean, I had a a two centimeter thick layer of dust on the drum kit in my my basement. Right. So, however, I got this little bug in me like, so what if I like started throwing grown up money at this thing and wanted to play (laughs) it on Xbox series X and buy Mm -hmm. the game, buy the game from, you know, the last version that came out for Xbox and what hardware is going to work. So I went down the rabbit hole. I figured, you know, getting the guitar in the game, I'm probably into it. About I'm excited two, about this. I'm about 250 bucks into it. I've got plenty of USB microphones left over from back in the yeah. day. And so it, it it's, I was tempted. I was on eBay. I was all over the internet looking for stuff. It is, it is hard to find rock band stuff. Yeah. Like, because they've been, they, they shut down probably what, like five years ago? Yeah. And um, well, they're still it, out there, kind of, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I mean, to find a rock band set though, like, yeah, they is don't, they, they haven't impossible. manufactured for years. And they, yep. the last manufacturing, guess who they teamed up with for rock Activision. band for? No, they teamed up with Mad Cats. And oh, have okay. you ever owned anything from Mad Cats? You know that it's fairly disposable. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, very cheap. Uh, I'm like that does not bode well. But there was a period of time for Xbox uh, One, they did release hard. They released hardware. Yep. And that hardware is backward com- is backward compatible. The company released a statement saying, "This is the compatibility list. So if you go get a guitar, a, a, a Rock Band for guitar for Xbox Series One, it should work on the Series X." Yep. And so I was, uh, I was tempted. Was very tempted. Was, you, you know those weird moments when you're hanging around on eBay, going, "Should I? Should I? Should I? Should I? Should I?" Here's, yeah. here's what you need to do. Are you ready for this? Throw it at me. You need to convince John Trost to let you come over and play Rock Band at his house. Oh, okay. Because he's got the Beatles one. Oh, does he's he? got the others one, other ones, and they don't ever really play it because they're just kind of like amp until like I. I have convinced them in the past, like, dude, we gotta play rock band, and then we played it for hours and had a great time. So he'd have he's to got listen to it. my singing. Hey, listen, he listened to my singing, and I'm oh, terrible. That's true. That's true. You oh, know? I'm good. I'm good then. Okay. All right, yeah. Cool. Exactly. Well, I'm I'm usually just, the singer because I just don't care, and I like he, singing. He just I'm terrible at it, bucks. but I do it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Later tonight, there'll be a, a doorbell at uh, John Tross's house. Ding dong. Yep. I yep. heard I could play Beatles Rock Band in your basement. <laughs> I don't know you anymore. Slam. Exactly. <laughs> so that was kind of a fun rat hole to go go down. And if you That's had ex- if you had Xbox 360 gear, how do you make that compatible? You have to get a doodad. And yeah, they had a little thing that you could you know just like plug in and stuff. But yeah, um, we had we had the 360 gear, but it was falling apart rapidly, and so yeah. we ended up like selling it for super cheap. 
And then when we had the Xbox later, I was like, oh, man, I re I'd really like to get it for the family. And that's, like, shortly after they decided they weren't going to manufacture it anymore. Yeah. And so, like, the the box set went up, like, double the price. And I'm double. like, oh, I'm not paying that. Not and now it. it's like you can't even find it. So Yeah, there's some – I think it's cooled off since then. But, um, yeah, one of the things I learned was – well, I – my experience with the Nintendo Wii was was that all they had was open slots for controllers that you would plug in. If you remember the Nintendo oh, right. Wii, yep. it was like a rectangle remote control, and yeah. you would just and it had an open face, so you would be actually pushing some of the buttons that were on the face of the of that remote. Oh, control. that's right. And then it had a jack on the back, a cord, and that would get you some buttons for your guitar. And on the drums was the same thing, and uh, I hated that experience because it was terrible. Yeah. Um, so anyway. I remember the I remember the Nintendo Wii as the Nintendo console that I skipped. <laughs> that was the one nobody skipped because that was the one that got everybody off the couch. I remember. Oh, you know, oh wait, wait, Wii. Oh, sorry, I thought you meant the one after the Wii. Yeah, the, the Wii, Wii University. Sure. Yeah, Wii University the, was the Wii U or whatever. The Wii, Wii U Univers was the Wii U the, was uh, the big skip. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one I skipped. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the Wii was the uh, tennis. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, tennis and was big. And yep. Lots of broken chandeliers and TVs. Yeah. No yeah. kidding. <laughs> womp 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 so uh I, i'm also re-watching the office i know it's not that geeky but i'm really like watching it not putting it on in the background because it's a half the jokes are the visual gags that are silent and it's really good and i'm listening to a podcast to go along with it which is the office ladies and uh i find them adorable which is the the actress that played pam and the actress that played angela their best friends uh, in real pam. life and so they, uh, they, for every 20 minute episode, they do about an hour and 20 minute podcast. And they, they started out with like really kind of simple advertisers, like, you know, um, a security system company that had a nice security system. And now they're advertising for like Budweiser and McDonald's and like all these major nice. Fortune 100 companies. And I'm like, oh, because they, they got uh, voted the best podcast of the year, I think last year so. Um, I'm catching up on their back episodes and rewatching the office. The office is a lot more fun when you kind of know that it's not really going anywhere. You know, you don't have to worry that Michael Scott is going to say something so completely ridiculous or do something that lands him in jail. You kind of, it's more fun when you know the end from the beginning. So anyway, I'm geeking out on that. So it's not necessarily geekish, but it's what I'm geeking out on. Hey, you know, uh, uh um, uh, what's the Michael Scott? Uh, gosh, I'm blanking. What's the actor's name that plays Michael Scott? Steve Carell. Yeah, Steve Carell. Thanks. They're, my wife's watching a show right now with him in it. What's it called? The Morning Show. Oh, that. Yeah, I tried yeah, watching that. that. I got. I tried to watch that. It's uh, is that on uh, Apple Plus or something? It's Apple. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's on Apple. Uh, but yeah, so interesting show, man. The different, uh, uh an interesting take on the whole uh, Me Too yeah. kind of movement thingy. Uh, anyway, side note: If you're if you like Steve Carell, especially when he plays kind of those um, questionable character roles, there was another. Yeah. Uh, anyways, Space uh, Force. He also, he also did Space Force on Netflix, mm. which was mm -hmm. done oh, yeah. with Greg Daniels, who was the guy who ran The Office. But this one was like a sci-fi future where the Space Force S is Space to Force watch. struggled. It was not that funny. I. It was tough. They had John Malkovich and. Yeah. It was all over the place. It was. Um, I, I got through it, but after a while, it became something that was on in the background while I did other things. And I'm like, oh, the series over. Hmm. <laughs> the series ended. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm so invested. So anyway. 
there's a lot of shows like that that come and you're like, oh, I know that actor. They were on this one show. This should be good. And then you're like, oh, it's, it's not just the actor. It's also the script writing and the screenplay right, right, that yeah. makes something good. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So that's yep. it. Nice. Who's, who's who's last, Justin? Uh, yeah. I uh, so I finished Cowboy Bebop. I kind of was gushing about it last week. Yeah. Really liked it, and then it got canceled. Oh, womp, yeah. I womp. think the majority of people did not like it. The majority of people did not like it, and I realized it. I was looking through some of the comments on some of the articles I was reading about it, and um, I I realized that there's two very distinct camps here. Yeah. There's the people who love the anime. Yeah. And they hated the show. Sure. And the people who had never seen the anime who loved the show. And that was me. <laughs> I was in the second category. Me too. I'd never, I'd never seen the anime, but I was watching the show. I'm like, this is great. Like, I, I really enjoyed it. But then the people are like, oh, my gosh, they did such a bad job with the character of Faye Valentine. And I'm like... I guess so. I thought it was. I thought. I thought that they were funny. Like I. I. I laughed a few times and, you know, enjoyed the character development on some of them. And, uh, but I guess just like you know, the anime kind of ruined it for the other people. So, um, it was. It was very, very clear that the fan base that they had made the show for did not like their show. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, that's too bad. I thought it was pretty good. I thought it uh, was interesting, but um. No more Cowboy Bebop live action. So, <laughs> yeah. Actually, uh, the cool. the main actor, John Cho, um, like he was he played Spike Spiegel, you know, um, aka Fearless on there. And um, I did not realize this, but he was like in Harold and Kumar. He was Harold. <laughs> yeah. There you go. And that, yeah, he's you great. Know? And, and I was like, what? He's Sulu <laughs> on the rebooted Star Trek too. That's right. That's right. But he um he was a he did I thought he did a great job, I'm like this is Harold like doing it wow yeah, okay, yeah. so my wife used to have this uh, thing where she would only watch something if it had a second season yeah because oh yeah she okay. didn't she didn't want to get in committed into something and then have it get canceled yeah well yeah, I don't know but uh, yeah, sorry, I enjoyed man. it I enjoyed the ten episodes that that Netflix gave me so. Thank you, Netflix. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. You're welcome. Beep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so uh, Netflix was basically free. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, the the other thing, the big thing for me, Halo Infinite campaign dropped last week. Have you played so it? I did, and it is a lot of fun. Is it? it? Is a I lot need of to fun. download it. Yes. I downloaded it, but I haven't played it. I've, um, been, I've been bitter because I cannot seem to get a Series X anywhere. Okay, which, so... You know, so guess what? Did you get one? I did. How'd you get it? So our my buddy uh, Aaron, who lives out in like near Winchester, mm-hmm. um, his wife was down at a Target and like Fort Front Royal, Virginia. Okay, which is like what? <laughs> out where like people two don't hours? play games. Exactly. <laughs> and and I had commented on his Facebook like the night before, being like, dude, I cannot find a Series X anywhere. You know, and sure enough, there's two Series X's there. And so he told his wife, grab one for Justin. Yeah. And so he ended up going to work the next day with a dude who worked down where I live. And so it was this like went from Front Royal to Winchester to like uh, somewhere in Loudoun County to Woodbridge where I got it. So it made an epic Homeric journey to my house where it now is set up. (laughs) Well, awesome. That's yeah. awesome, man. I'm glad you got one. I feel like I'm at. I never pay attention to my notifications, and I'm at work, and I'll always look at my phone and be like, "Series X available at Blink." I'm like, "Great!" Oh, it was 45 minutes ago. Yep, sold yep. out. 
gone. Uh, exactly. Oh, yeah. No, I only got it because I was within the first 30 seconds when I had that. And well, I'm kicking yeah. myself because, oh gosh, probably a year ago now, uh, I got one of those where like I saw it right when it popped. I had it in my box, and then I got distracted with something at work and came back, and it was out of my cart. It was oh. it moved out of the cart, yeah. Yeah. But that's, that's just life. Yeah. You know what I understand well, is it's I, funny because if you go to these sites, these retailers are like, this item is available only online. But then I keep yeah. hearing about people pining them in Target and Best Buy. And right, like, right. Are they actually stocking them? Some of them I are. I guess so, yeah. There, There is a cheat code that I heard to get access to it is when you, you – if you sign up for the monthly plan where they, they yep. give you one. Yeah, that's the thing. And then you yep. pay. Then you just pay it off your first. That's month. what uh, that's what our buddy John, uh, buddy John did. So it cost him like eight hundred dollars for the Xbox, but he also got two years of the Games Pass. You yeah, know, because yeah, so. he did the uh, subscription, right? Yeah. That so that's and that's how you have to get it. You have to pay the monthly thing, but it, it has to include the subscription. Yeah. Um. So it ends up being eight hundred dollars for the Xbox, but you get the Games Pass for two years and if you are under a year on your games pass subscription then it just stacks so like he's three years out now and he's like i'm good you know what i mean like i just paid 800 dollars for three years worth of entertainment on this xbox so yeah so um the other thing is the walmart i think you got to be the walmart you've got to be in the walmart plus to get it Oh yeah! Like every time it pops, it's available to Walmart Plus users only. Wow! It probably has to do with identifying buyers, and scalpers. Yep. Making sure yeah. people don't just squeeze out the inventory and, and make money off of them. Yeah. Uh, Which interestingly, so, Walmart Plus. If you do have Walmart Plus, you can use the Scan and Pay app at Walmart. Yeah. Which I think might actually be worth it. Then I have to stand in line. Uh, I'm not a fan of going into Walmart anymore. So Walmart, first of all. They stepped up their game on their home delivery stuff big time for just merchant generic merchandise. Yeah. And they're you know what I've done a half a dozen times is buy everything on my phone, pull in, pop my trunk, they drop it in there and they say, "Oh, we substituted four things. Did you approve them on the app?" And I go, "Yeah." And then I drive away. And I don't have to deal with, you know, the randomness of the weirdos inside the building and the chi- people of Walmart, the, the chickens, the, there's live chickens walking around, you know, <laughs> see, that's uh, part of the fun for me. I agree. Is it? Is it? Is <laughs> I do. I fun? enjoy, I enjoy You're seeing like, wow, people. This is interesting. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. okay. I, I, but if that's not your thing, but, but it's so fun now because it's like, well, three hours from now I'll be by Walmart. I order everything on the phone. I'm dry, I'm moving from point A to point B. I pull in there. It takes me ten minutes. The back of my trunk is full of groceries, and then I there drive away. It's yeah. amazing. But it's you don't this, get your entertainment. You don't it, get your yeah, entertainment. Yeah, that's true. But it's all the same price <laughs> as like spending an hour in that place. It, I didn't. I, it saves me time and money because they don't there charge you, you a premium. That's okay, true. I'll shut up. It's now. true. I'll shut up. They've they've so, stepped up their game. That's all I have to say. So yeah, the uh, Halo Infinite campaign is a lot of fun. <laughs> Let me talk about Series X though. What I what I'm glad I did though about getting my Series X earlier in the fall. I got it like September, I think. Uh-huh. Um, what it has allowed me to do. Usually, I skimp. I get like the bare minimum number of controllers, and I'm kind of cutting corners because the console. You know, the wife looks at the price of the console. Well, when Santa Claus comes around, now I'm just like getting, you know, extra controllers and headsets and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And and um, all the accoutrement that goes with it. So 
Um, yeah. I, I kind of liked my timing there because it's still new. It's still fun. And the kids are like, I think three of us want to play the same game at the same time. And they will be able to do that if they're not all naughty and get coal again. What mm. uh, what I like about the Series X is the load times are amazing. Oh yeah. my gosh! Like, so Blink we would eye. play we would play Minecraft on um, the uh, Xbox One X, right? Which isn't that old, and we'd play Minecraft on that, and uh, it would take a good fifteen minutes for the game to load up, you know. But with the Series X, it was like ready to go in like three minutes. Oh man! Like whoop 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 whoop, and you're like, wow! Like that was really fast. And the 360 so, emulator they have on there is amazing. Yeah. Everything yeah. loads in in milliseconds. Yeah, it's crazy. So it's good. The Halo Infinite campaign, a lot of fun. It's interesting. It does not have co-op for it. Oh, um, I didn't know that. The co-op, that the co-op. Yeah, the co-op is coming out in Season 2. This is Season 1 right now. Um, and it's interesting because it's an open-world concept. So, uh, no. I don't like I don't like open-world games. I enjoy it. Look, I enjoy it a lot. I've enjoyed it. Uh, well, i got to clarify. I like open-world yeah. games when they're open-world sandbox games. When it's open-world uh, story arc progressions, I struggle to get through the story because I get so distracted with everything <laughs> around me. That's fair. <laughs> help That's me, fair. help me. Okay. I will say this. There is not, um, this is not uh, Assassin's Creed bloat in this one either, though. Do you know what I mean? Where it's like you're in one region and there's literally like 750 things to do in that little one region. Um, there's a few things to do in that area. And uh, like one of the things I ran over and freed a couple of space marines, you know? And and they're like, we're with you, Master Chief. And I'm like, yeah, okay, sure thing, buddy. Keep up if you can. And I like jumped down the side of this mountain, and like my son was sitting me. He's like, dude, you totally left those guys behind. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, we're with you, Master Chief. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and I look up. I look up. It's not like they just like blipped and spawned to me. I look up, and they're standing on the top of this cliff. And I'm like, don't do it. Don't jump. <laughs> and sure enough. This dude with a rocket launcher jumps off, and I'm like, no! And he lands on his feet, and he's like, let's go! And I'm like, let's go indeed, dude. If you can survive that, it the covenant like Halo. is nothing. The covenant is nothing to you, you know? Don't do it. You've got so much to live yeah. for. Don't do it. Yeah, I, lo I love their spawn mechanic, too. Like it is Once they come out of your field of view, they'll spawn right next to you. Yeah. Be like, huh? hey, Master Chief. And you turn on, Master Chief, let's go. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Where'd you come from? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, uh, but it's, it's a lot of fun. So um, some of the boss fights are kind of tough. I, and granted, I'm playing on Legendary, but um, some of the boss fights, like, they require some thinking about what you want to do because they got some good shields, and if you don't have the right weapons, then it, you're kind of hosed. Okay. So, good times, though. I'm so Very bad cool. at these games. I want to start playing them again, but I know I'm so bad at them. You should just play them on easy. You'll have a lot of fun with it. Yeah, I'll just put it on easy. And, hey, I got an Xbox, so we got, we could play games. We have not played a single game since I got an Xbox. That's true. So, that that we'll put that in our New Year's resolution. There you go. There you go. Episode. There's, uh, there's plenty of games to play out there together, so... Awesome. Yeah, well, that's my that was my Geek Week. A lot of Halo and uh, a lot of Cowboy Bebop. Well done. 
Yeah. Well done. Yep. So I think we're on to the news. Welcome to Tabletop and Beyond News. I'm your host, Dan. It's like the cyberpunk version. Yeah, I gotta change it up. I was ready for like a nice bass, like boom, boom. I know. I had to stop. I wanted to go. (laughs) 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 Okay, our first item in news is largely irrelevant. I love this. No, it's relevant. Okay, so (laughs) I don't know how I'm gonna speed through this. I'm not gonna read anything. Long story short, there's four companies called TSR. One of those companies, we'll call it TSR 3, was trying to sue Wizards of the Coast for bullying. <laughs> <laughs> they use that, they use, they use those terms um, because when they republi- when a, when Wizards of the Coast republic uh, when they republish older supplements, they put a sticker on there like Disney does when they put out a cartoon that has a little bit of racism in it, right? They say something like, "These there there could be themes in this product that don't match our cultural values now. Right. Right, because there's stuff from the 70s and the 80s and people have different sensibilities. Well, this one company, this one kind of patent trollish company is trying to sue Wizards of the Coast on behalf of people for libel when the people that have been besmirched, the artists that made those products, aren't suing Wizards of the Coast for libel, which actually is not how libel works. <laughs> so yeah. you actually have to be the grieved party and not uh, suing on behalf of somebody else. So it's a total mess. They did an Indiegogo. They were trying to put together 50,000 grand and, um, or 50, 50 grand rather. And basically they've only, you know, put together two, 2800 bucks and 500 of that is money of their own money they put in so it's kind of pathetic and they just submitted paperwork uh to exit the lawsuit to ask that the lawsuit be dismissed by the judge without prejudice which means they can refile again in a future in a in at a future time but it's so pathetic and sad and it's just more of this trying to be litigious to get attention to soak people's money and the whole thing is just dumb as the day is long that's my opinion how would you feel if you can how would you feel if you contributed like you know five hundred dollars to that and realized that this is going absolutely nowhere (sighs) well it it doesn't take very much to do a little bit of research and know that this is not so fair-minded people are looking at this case on its merits and going this is laughable and they're going up against Hasbro. Do you think Hasbro that deals with licensing with I don't know Lucas, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> Barbie? <laughs> I think right. they've got lawyers. I think their legal team could fight these idiots off all day long, and not worry and not blink an eye. So, and we're talking about lawyers who are paid staff lawyers, not you know, co- you know, going out and getting. A, they were probably an just hoping to shock Wizards of the Coast enough that Wizards of the Coast would settle for something. Yeah, it's just you not know, gonna like not even go. I bet they didn't even want to go to court. Yeah. Well, yeah. So what makes this interesting, I think, is not that a company is suing Wizards, but that it's a it's a break off of one of the TSRs and the people and that you know the son of legendary Gary Gygax 
Ernie Garagax yeah. Jr. was part of the campaign against Wizards, saying that you know basically saying that Wizards didn't was re- rejecting players who didn't follow as he said quote modern trends. Um, yeah. So it that's where it gets a little interesting uh, to me, but uh, you know whatever. It's also just uh, drama, and so we can just move past it. Yeah. 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 Our second, our next two items are kind of fun. In um, if you're if you've read the book of Revelation and you're tracking the nerd geek Ragnarok of end times, it's actually the final the final sign of the end of days has come, because Dungeons and Dragons made it to the cover of Sports Illustrated, and dogs and cats are living together, mass hysteria. <laughs> <laughs> um, it uh, profiles Cleveland Browns defensive end Miles Garrett and fullback Johnny Stanton. Johnny Stanton and I went to the same uh, university, University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Um, I don't recognize that university. I know. Please, let's not get into a northern, southern Nevada thing on this show. Come on. <laughs> we have listeners you from brought all it up. over the world. No, well, you brought I, didn't, it up. I didn't know we were fellow alumni until I read the Sports Illustrated article about D&D. <laughs> That's kind of hilarious. It is hilarious and weird, but check it out. Um, it it kind of it, it wasn't negative. They weren't making fun of D and D. It was like, yeah. hey, this is a cool thing. So, um, fascinating stuff. So uh, Wyatt Teller it, and Kendall Lamb were also in the D and D group, and I think it's awesome. So it, it's kind of wild to see, like, um, you know, like prolific athletes football players that are like oh yeah we love playing D D. yeah like really like you would not think that you know i mean like your impression of them is they've got you know money that they're just out spending in the clubs or you know out doing this and and meanwhile they're at home rolling dice at their kitchen table right and you can be a total buff i mean an nfl jock is the is kind of like the tip top of jock right it's you can't get much higher on the you know, on on Mount Jock than NFL, so good for them. I'm, it's this, exciting. This is the true melding of Revenge of the Nerds. This was the utopia that that movie had set out to create. Yes, you I know. thought when we were playing, when we were at Gen Con playing board games in on the field of Lucas Oil Stadium, I thought yeah. that was as weird as it was going to get. It got weirder. It got weirder. Yeah. I look. I'm pretty sure Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. I think he's talked about playing D and D several times, and I mean he hosted Jeopardy too, right? See? So there you go. yeah, like we're getting to a point where it's like this is this is beyond mainstream now. Yeah, and slipping into bigger mainstream is our other news item that we forgot to mention last week. I oh, I don't terrible. know how I forgot this. We got still we my beating the, heart. We finished the podcast and went, oh, you know what we didn't talk about? We didn't talk about Henry Cavill who played yes. Superman in Man of Steel. And um, those other Superman, those other just, uh, Justice League movies, and he's on The Witcher. Um, it, what uh, he was also Sherlock Holmes recently on Netflix. Yep, uh, uh, he, he was in The Man from Uncle. Oh, he's just so great! Everybody's he a big is. fan of Henry Cavill because he not only like paints his Warhammer minis, but he talks he about it and posts about does. it all the time. All so the time. He was on um, uh, the Graham Norton show. For those who don't know about the Graham Norton show in the UK, it's at the evening talk show, kind of like Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy For the Kimmel. record, it's probably one of the best talk shows I've seen. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's, like, he does great. such a great job like with those interviews. He gets 
the most incredible stories out of those like celebrities that he has on there. He has so much fun and it's so not formulaic because he'll put four celebrities on a couch that have nothing to do with each other. And then they'll start, start talking back and forth and craziness happens. The old talk shows used to do that. Like Johnny Carson used to do that, but Graham Norton actually does. So it's super great. But anyway, he's there and guess who else is sitting there with him? Tom Holland, Spider-Man himself. And Graham Norton starts kind of making fun of Henry Cavill for having plastic toys. And Henry Cavill was totally cool about it. He's like, yeah, it's awesome. And then the best part is Tom Holland's like, this sounds great. Can you invite me? I want to come play. Can we, can I, can I come? So uh, it was a classic. I want that. I want that to be streamed. I want, I want a battle report of that. 40k game that they're gonna play superman versus spider-man right 40k mind blown yeah if we would have written this stuff down in the 80s people would have (laughs) laughed at us and said this will never happen idiot you're crazy so jason do you think so um henry cavill plays adeptus custodes right Mm -hmm. um do you think that because Tom Holland is Spider-Man that he needs to play Gene Steeler Colts? Because they have the extra arms? Uh, I mean, might there's be, a box. It might be a good fit. It might be a good fit. The, uh, the Shadow Throne box is coming out right, right now, and it has Adeptus Custodes versus Gene Steeler Colts. Could work. Yeah. I'm ready to just play whatever Henry Cavill plays. I yeah, well he plays the big golden guys. Yep. I don't think he cares much about how much they cost though, like we do. <laughs> yeah, right. He's like, I'll take ten of those, please. Yeah. And he's completely ripped. He has time to do his hobby and spend three plus hours in the gym every day. And Look, an actor. And, I mean, he got the role of the Witcher because he had played The Witcher three through like three times. <laughs> You know, so he's playing computer games as well. Yeah. On, by the way, on, by the way, a computer that he built himself. Yes, he did. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, dude, can you please join my guild gaming like Discord? (laughs) Can we be friends? I don't know. Please? Like how? We're reaching out, man. We're reaching out. We need you. Yeah. (laughs) This is a life goal. I want Henry. I'm, I'm putting down the marker right now. I want Henry Cavill on our podcast, putting down the marker. <laughs> yeah. Dream big. I would have never you know dreamed D&D would be on the cover of Sports Illustrated, so it could happen. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. All right, I'm going to make it happen. I'll figure it out. All right, you've got the next game where <sighs> The UGW. last one. The, I, I was scrolling through one morning as I was kind of waking up, seeing what's in the news, and I come across a headline. GW Warehouse is even more clogged as Skynet takes over. Oh, yeah, I, <laughs> I was like, what? like, wait, what? And so uh, apparently GW switched to automated warehouses where they've got robots pulling um, product off the shelves and putting them into the shipping, you know, sorters and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Dur- they, they did the switch during the busiest season of the year. Oh. Uh, yeah. So, um, apparently, like you've been get, they've been getting orders wrong, and you can't go back and like fix it because the robots have already taken over. They're like, nope, it's happening. 
you're going to get what you're going to get. We've already pulled it and shipped it. We've already pulled it and shipped it, you know? And it's like, well, you haven't even pulled it yet. And they're like, well, the robots know they have to pull it, and we can't stop them. Like, like they're... <laughs> yeah, and like, apparently the people who program the robot, robots, like, can't unprogram to do certain things. So it's like, once they get the order, like, it's happening. Like, they, you can't stop it. You can't so, put the bullet back in the cartridge. So... So one of the vendors, like a store that had put in some product, shared an email they got back from Games Workshop, and this is what it says. It says, thanks for reaching out to us. We are not able to cancel the subject order as requested, at least not directly. Our business recently implemented a new autom automation-assisted fulfillment system in the U.S. to help us keep up with demand. Unfortunately, we have very limited manual control over orders. Once an order has... Uh, has all the items allocated to it and has been accepted into the new queue we are no longer able to cancel or alter it prior to dispatch like and we apologize for the inconvenience so I mean this is like a you know I would say less of a Skynet more of like a Space Odyssey 2000 scenario where Hal <laughs> is controlling no all of your is <laughs> now Dave you have received your we have received your order and we will not change it mm. so that's, yeah that's in reality, it's probably no different than like Amazon, where like you place the order automated, it goes through tickets, people pull, and they can't really stop the automated process, even if yeah. it's a person pulling from the from the shelf at that point. You get a few. Yeah. You get a few minutes to stop it. You're like minutes. You get minutes. probably like fifteen minutes. Yeah. You can pull after you pay and everything. You got about fifteen minutes. You can change your I, order. I have definitely placed an order. I'm like, oh crap, uh, wrong size. Cancel. We're sorry. We cannot stop this process from Amazon. Yeah. yeah. Got to do a return. You're in a different line, different queue. Yep. So I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, look, I think, you know, it's interesting because you have all of these, like, Amazon workers, like, complaining about, you know, workplace stuff. And don't get me wrong, like, it seems like being an Amazon warehouse worker is uh, not the greatest job in the world. Um, but the trend says in the next couple of years, those Amazon workers won't be working at Amazon anymore because we got robots going to be doing it. Mm -hmm. You know, and they don't uh, need coffee breaks. They don't, they don't need coffee uh, breaks. And they don't they unionize. Don't, they don't unionize, and gosh darn it, they don't cancel your orders. Right. So. Well, there's also plenty of robots in in Amazon facilities right now. Yeah. Like at this very moment, so it is what it is. Sorry, yep. folks. You got to do something that requires more skill than a robot in order to make some dough. All right, that's the news for us today. Dan, thank you for the news. Thank you for taking us through that TSR uh, stuff. You guys have no idea the amount of effort that Dan put into getting to the bottom of that story. He kept he kept crying to us, like, guys, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do Jason, it. Jason was like, Dan, you have to do it. Well, I've been, like, <laughs> avoiding that story. It's been going for weeks. I've been leaving it on the cutting room floor for weeks. Jason was really cracking the whip on you today, Dan. I know. Because we're posting in chat. <laughs> How come we're not talking about the TSR lawsuit? I don't know, because I have a life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We just had to finally be like, Jason, it's okay if Dan doesn't do it. But he is going to do it, though. Yeah, it's just it's interesting because D&D is, you know, Wizards has made their money off of D&D. And people would argue D&D was started by the Gygax family and the, guy, the son of the yeah. Mr. Gygax is yeah. suing wizards. So yeah, I thought that was a little interesting. That's all. 
Well, no, and there's money. You know, it's a big product. It's never been hotter. You know, Wizards took all their Magic of the Ga- Magic the Gathering money to buy TSR, and if it wasn't for Wizards of the Coast buying TSR and rescuing D and D, D and D could have died on the vine in the in the mid '90s, and we'd be talking about something else right now. So, from a historical perspective, I'm you you sell you you know you you sell your stuff you sell your stuff they sold it so they, yeah they, they they you know you know you sell a car to somebody you don't show up a few years later trying to get the keys to take it for a drive and I'm, well I I think the premise was not that uh, that you can't you can't play with the car anymore it's that they won't let you play with the car unless you change to behave the way they think a new car driver should behave yeah right because they own the ip yeah and i think that's what his problem was is that D was like uh you know anyone could play and now i think and i'm not agreeing yeah i'm yeah, not yeah. agreeing it's at all with tsr side their point yeah. of view is that unless you conform to what they see as a modern social age you're yeah. rejected as part of the community well, to be quite frank, they're they're basically in cleanup mode, to, yeah. considering all of the bad stuff that's been perpetuated for so many years. Uh, um, the drow, let's start there. And there's plenty of reasons to that they're doing what they're doing because it's twenty, it's twenty twenty one. It's no longer nineteen seventy eight. So it's time to move forward. In my opinion, my that's just my opinion. Well, we could have a whole episode on this topic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's we'll lots of probably differing opinions here in this little virtual room well, about see, this. And that's the thing is all <laughs> they were doing was putting a sticker on saying our cult- our company values don't reflect some of this, this older content. But what's the big deal about that? You can still get access to the older content. Yeah. So I'll stop. I'll stop. It's censorship, man. It's no, sem- it's not. Censorship. It's a sticker. <laughs> Censorship is we're never we're never gonna put out song in the South in the United States ever again. <laughs> okay, that's what oh, that's about. Oh, good times. All right, we're getting yeah. cl- we're getting close to the third rail here. Let's talk about <laughs> song Christmas. in the South. All right, yes, main main topic. Santa is coming to town, and he's checking his list and seeing who's been naughty and nice. <laughs> I think I messed that up. My son goes, I hate that song. I hate that song. I'm like, why? He's like, because they say don't pout. And he says it in a pouty voice. <laughs> so good. So good. All right. So we've each made a, t- we've each made a Christmas list. I'm going to be posting these Christmas lists up on our Facebook page as we're talking. Um, but uh, we're each going to take one at a time. So we're not going to go through our whole list. Uh, we'll rotate it through. So, uh, Dan, why don't you kick us off with your first one? So I want to preface by saying because of Black Friday and because of all the heavy-duty sales that have been out, right, I bought tons of crap for myself. So I emptied out my own list over the last six weeks. Oh, right. So this is the stuff that I am not going to buy for myself. These would actually be a gift that I would like to receive. So um, I spent a lot of time kind of lurking on the Eagle Moss site. I don't know if you guys have done Eagle Moss. No, but um, they make they have um, small and large models of every single Star Trek ship ever. They have Battlestar Galactica. They have the Rosinante from the Expanse. We forgot to mention the Expanse. Oh. 
It just came, that it was came the out Geek Week. Ago. I watched the first episode. Oh, I'm shocked. I forgot to Of season that. six? Season six, the final season. I watched was episode it good? one. Yes, it was great. Okay. I'm excited about it, so I'll shut up now. But anyway, Eagle Moss, they do really fine models. They're all, of course, pre-painted. They're not plastic. They're usually die-cast metal, and, and they're great. And I usually put together a shopping cart, and I've overspent what I think I should spend on little plastic spaceships or little... Uh, um, die-cast metal spaceships, and I end up emptying every card I've ever been. But I do want a, an Enterprise someday, and I want the big 10-inch one, and I think I want the NCC-1701A, which is the one that is reflective of the of the, of the, uh, the, the original cast films, right? That was the Enterprise that essentially flew in um, Star Trek 1 through Star Trek 6. And I've got a soft spot for that one. So um, that's on my wish list. And if someone spent the $75 on a 10-inch model for me, I would be really be happy. So, uh, um, Justin, uh, that's oh, what I okay. want. Uh, um. <laughs> so interesting. Uh, I'm just going to check this out on the link that you sent us. 10-inch model's not that big. Uh-oh, the link's... Oh, no, the link is working. So you you really want this tennis? It's seventy five dollars. Yeah, I'm serious. I'm. Why do you think I've never spent money on Eagle Moss? Okay. But All they right. have DC. They have Stargate. They have Marvel. They have uh, Fallout, Harry yeah. Potter. They've got collectibles, but everything feels about three times more expensive than it should. Yeah. Um. So I've yet to buy a single Eagle Moss product, even though they advertise on a bunch of podcasts that I that I used to listen to more frequently than I do now. You know, it's funny. I'm looking at this, and I'm remembering years ago I was working out at one of the sites in Vegas, or outside of Vegas, and we were staying in the Hilton, mm-hmm. which had okay. the Star Trek experience at the yeah, time. Yeah, yep. I've done and, it. Uh, I've been through that, by the way. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we went down into the main area, and they had this big um, spaceship up there, like just hanging out halfway through the wall. And I was like, oh, look, the Enterprise. And this guy, who I did not think was a geek at all that I've been working with for years, says, it's not the Enterprise. It's like, what do you mean it's not the Enterprise? Look at it. He's like, serial number's wrong. <laughs> it's like, that's uh, fantastic. Yeah, you gotta oh, know that. okay. Yeah, that's important. <laughs> yep. Dan, I'll tell you what I will get you. I'll get you a uh, a six-inch Annabelle for Annabelle Comes Home. <laughs> An Annabelle? Is that in the discount? Is that the... Uh... No, it's is in that, the horror collection. You know what? Annabelle. Yeah. That's right. They have a horror. So, yep. yeah. Th- yeah. Thanks for the Annabelle. Sorry. It's, I, did, I said six inches. It's three. Yeah. Hey, they have the Orville ships if you're into the Orville. Yeah, yeah great they do. Stuff. So, anyway. Oh, that's cool. Nice. Um, it's, it's, it's great stuff, so check it out. Uh, it's, it's a little pricey, but if, it's good. If, if you're not worried about the financial piece of it and you just want a really cool-looking model to sit on your shelf and stare at, uh, I would. These are yeah, these are definite collectors. I, I, I would so. point you to Eagle Moss. They're, they yeah. make good stuff. Nice. Uh, my first uh, Santa's wish list is the one that I gave Mrs. Claus, hoping that she'll actually fulfill it. Uh, it is the War Cry Red Harvest box. So we obviously had uh, Dan Herrera on the show a little while ago to talk about War Cry Red Harvest that came out about mm, a month, a little bit over a month ago. And um, I'd really like that box because the terrain in there is so nice, so cool. And um, it'd be fun to get two more warbands. So 
I am staring at the gray of shame that is mocking me from my shelves, thinking, boy, I, I could really use another box of minis to paint, like I could use a hole in the head, but... I would do it anyway. See, that's, that's the, the one. first on my list. I, it's on my list too, so I got to go find another number four, uh, which is fine. Um, but I don't want to do all the painting and gluing. I, that that part doesn't excite me. I'd rather I want to play the game. I don't want to do all yeah. the crafting. That's that's my weakness, not yours. It's okay. The crafting's not for everybody. A lot, you know. Jason talked about the drawing as his like relaxation thing. Yeah. The, the the paint, the crafting and painting is mine. So. Yeah, you know, it is uh, it's part of it. Although I tend to get overboard, and then I feel stressed out that I have got all these great things staring at me. Yeah. So, but that's my problem. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Jason, what's what's your first one? My first one is uh, uh, so a kill team, Chalnath. Okay. I think that. Yeah, I think that that is. Um, I'm. In, I've always loved the Tau. I've always loved the sisters. And uh, we got a combo box here. Yeah. Uh, and I've always wanted to play 40k, and I've always tried to play 40k several times. And it's just the. It's been a little bit of not a lot of time to get invested and to really learn the rules. And I was big into AOS. Um, but I think uh, I'm gonna. You know, we've, t- we've talked about this. Gonna bite off kill team is kind of maybe a small way in into that so yeah. this this should be fun and i um i i helped my wife with this as a present because i saw it was on sale and i bought it and i said honey i helped you with my christmas list so i bet here, she appreciated that yeah so what this was the one that we talked about i think you know it i bought it and it was on my doorstep in less than 24 hours oh yeah which yeah, is yeah. wild yeah, would t- totally crazy. It was the some robots. some robot, the robots. yeah, must have pulled it. <laughs> Try canceling that one. <laughs> You're like, oh, it's been 15 minutes. I'm like, no, it's already in a car. Yeah, so that that <laughs> right. So this one, this will be interesting. I find I'm I'm having a hard time getting back into painting. Uh, so hopefully this box will be a refresh for me to kind of go back into that modeling aspect of the hobby. It'll be good. Um, we, uh, I've got the Octarius one, obviously, that's got the um, Deathcore and Krieg and the Orcs. And I need to crack that open and build the stuff. So, you know, after Christmas, maybe maybe that first, like, maybe that week after Christmas, we can have a, like, modeling Let's have party. a hobby day, yeah. And uh, then we can get our kill teams ready to go. That'd be Let's, a lot of fun. Let's do it. Yeah. Sounds good. Sounds yeah, because I think this is just, this is actually just a... Uh, uh, add-on box. It doesn't have the main rule set in it. Oh, it doesn't? No, it's just an add-on. It only has the... Uh, well, it has the rules for this box set. It doesn't have the base oh. rules of the game. Oh, interesting. Okay. All right. Yep. That's cool. So I, I kind of need your box to play. Yes. Yes, yes, we do. Okay. All right. Cool. Dan, what's number two for you? Um, uh, Dune, a game of conquest and diplomacy film uh-huh. version. Um... I just is this the one that you guys played together? Is this the resource? Uh, I don't know. There's so that many... is not the that's not the one that I played. So I I like it's less resourcey and I think as the other one less worker placement and I don't have that big of a beef against worker placement but I'd rather be doing military units and stuff like that. So that game looks pretty cool. It looks like a great four-player game, and uh, I like it. And uh, I want to put it on my list, and I hope uh, Santa Claus brings it. 
I played Dune Imperium. Dune Imperium. Yeah. And uh, it was a great game. I played it with uh, Lincoln. And um, uh, Dune Imperium, it has 393 ratings, 5 stars. Oh, good. Pretty good. So that was a good one. I see the one that you are looking at, uh, and it's got like 4.5 stars. So it looks like a great game. Well, I I just want to get one of them. I'm not. I yeah. kind of am at a point where I don't care which one it is. I don't want to get a crappy one, but um, I think worker placement is just a teensy bits of a turnoff for me, and this may have some of that. I don't know. I need to do some research before I spend it. Wow. Uh, I'll say this: Gale Force Nine uh, Dune board game. So this isn't the film edition, right? This is like the original one that they did. Um, five stars, fifteen hundred ratings. Yeah. It, it, if this is the one they've reskinned off of the original game from the '80s, and I think it is. I think that is. Yeah. That's that's the one that everybody was guffawing about for years. It was way ahead of its time. It um, looks awesome. So, wow! Yeah. I I hope you get that for Christmas. I'd love to play it. It won't show up, but I'll put it on the list. I know it won't show <laughs> up. Uh, number two for me is an AnyCubic Photon Resin Printer. So um, I, I think I'd really like to start printing um, some more things. And, of course, I'd need more minis, again, like a hole in the head. But it'd be kind of nice to start printing again. And um, my ANET A8 3D printer um, had the bed warped really badly. And I just didn't think it was worth it the cost to fix it. I kind of figured if I'm going to spend money to get a new bed and maybe some new motors, that I might as well just get a new printer. So um, I like the resin printer that they have there. Um, it's going for um, on Amazon. It's uh, something like, well, I guess right now it's three hundred thirty-nine dollars, which actually is not a bad price for a resin printer. What do you want to print? Good... Uh, so this would be a lot of like miniatures and like that type of thing. Yeah. Because um, it's a re- it's a resin one, right? right? So. Um, it doesn't have surfaces. the lines. Yep, doesn't have the lines and stuff like that. And our friend Jim has printed some resin ones for me, and I painted them, and they look fantastic. Um, you know, so there's a lot of good stuff out there that could could be. And, and there's a lot of painting projects out there that like people have kind of 3D modeled, and you can buy the STL file and and print them out. That would be really cool to like be like a nice larger paint uh, project. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So it looks interesting. Um, I'm, I'd, I'd be interested in that. Yeah. Yeah. Jason, how about you? What's number two for you? Number two for me is a drawing charcoal set. Um, just a simple, uh, nice one that I can zip up. That's got a bunch of HB pencils and some charcoal, and uh, that I could kind of take around with me. You know how they've got um, people who are into like. Uh, um, colored pencil drawing and stuff they've got like adult coloring books and that kind of stuff yeah um uh they've got kind of you know years ago i got my wife a nice colored she was kind of starting to get into that i got her a nice colored pencil set it's really you know it's got like a sleeve for every pencil and it just zips up into a nice case so i kind of want that with some drawing tools in it for me so that i can just kind of have it in my pocket and walk around and pick it out and draw and just so i can uh keep pursuing that hobby a little bit more accessible i I find that whenever i want to pursue a hobby i have to make it as accessible as possible possible or i'll lose interest quickly Mm. that sounds about right like i play i play um i don't know if we've ever talked about this but i actually play classical guitar and i have 
I found that as long as I have my guitar on a stand in my living room so that so that I can just grab it, then I play my guitar a lot more. But if I have it in yeah. a case, then I rarely get it out of the case. Interesting. Yeah, so it's kind of the same thing here. I just want to have it a little more accessible to me. Yeah, I, I told my wife when we were looking for our house, I needed a dedicated hobby space. Oh, absolutely. Uh, because I wanted to be able to have my paints out and leave my models on a workspace, you know what I mean, so that I didn't have to, like – pack it up every time and unpack it every time because just the thought of like having to clean everything up like completely up and put it all away completely after every time like i was it was daunting i was like i'm not interested in doing that you know yeah so yeah i think accessibility in a in a hobby um is key definitely key so yep that's it for me that's my second one nice dan numero three um I'm a uh, sucker for Lord of the Rings Journeys of Middle-Earth. I haven't played it as much as I want to, but they have a Spreading War expansion. It's pre-order right now. It has, like, the cool siege towers that the orcs use to attack, um, you know, minus Tirith. It's got um, uh, Boromir and some of the other characters from the movies. And, of course, they always introduce some new characters to, uh, essentially for gender balance because there's not enough. There's not enough ladies in Lord of the Rings, so all the ladies that are randomly mentioned all get to make an appearance in in the, <laughs> in the game, which I don't have any problem with at all. And they always write some new characters. And I, one of the reasons why I want to get this, of course, it's like an eighty dollar expansion, but of course the minis are great. And um, what what really sold me on it was the last big expansion that they did was the Shadowed Paths, where they go through. The Mines of Moria, right? Mm-hmm. And we were playing this at GuildCon, and I was really surprised that they had very long adventures that were not combat heavy, mm. that had a lot of social stuff. Like you had to go, you know, do nego- you had to negotiate with town leaders and stuff like that and, and keep that going. And somebody wanted to go get a cool axe at the last minute, and they walked out of the, the area where they had to negotiate with the town leadership. And the nice thing about the iPad is if you do something stupid, it will not forgive you. It's like, oh, well, you just lost. Yeah. So that was great. (laughs) Um, And so it wasn't just walk around, fight an orc, walk around, fight an orc, walk around, fight an orc. That that Actually, your stats mattered, and you had to do things to help win the scenario that wasn't just, well, who's, who's best at killing orcs? So I'm hoping that their next one, even though it looks really combat heavy, will also be enjoyable in that way um so looking forward to it it's so i like how you said that every you know pretty much random female that was uh you know talked about in lord of the rings to make an appearance so i can just imagine rosie from the shire you know oh, no, sam's future like... wife is out there wielding <laughs> double blades they have a <laughs> hobbit a took a took um, she's probably a relation of Pippin, and she is wielding like a club, like you would use in cooking for this expansion. Nice. So, uh, yeah. a club that you would use yeah, in it cooking. It looks like a, a pin. Uh, a, uh, a rolling pin. Okay, okay like I gotcha. Um, let's make sure that women have representation in the roles <laughs> that they should have. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not. I can't make this up, fellas. Well, maybe there's a toehold in canon. I don't know. I mean, the 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 hobbits do like to eat. 
That's right. Yeah. So she has wa- she has wandered far from the Shire in search of the kinds of legends told by firelight. Everywhere she goes, she brings comforts that hobbits hold dear. All who share her fire count themselves lucky. But anyone who mistakes her for a meek wanderer will soon learn that this toque can wield a ladle and a mace with equal ferocity. So, okay. Um, yeah. I, mean, I, can't, I can't make this up. I'm reading right off the website. It has Dwalin, yeah. who was in The Hobbit, and he's great, so who cares? It also has Bjorn nice. the bear guy, and he could transform, right? You can be the That's bear. That's pretty rad. You can be the bear. You can be the human version. Pretty sweet. So That's pretty rad. It's going to be great. And, and it's fun because they always add – one of the things that the app does is that it knows what's – you tell it what things you've bought, and it will randomize the different baddies that you fight even in other missions, mm. right? So if you're playing the original mission – and you bought all the expansions, bad guys will show up from future expansions in early. Oh, that's kind of cool. That's cool. So they've, nice. they've thought through it. They've, they've done an, an, a swell job. And as soon as they stop supporting the app, I'll have wasted all that money. <laughs> that's all right. We've talked about that ad nauseum. It's a lot of minis. Yeah. So yeah. who's next? Uh, so my third one is the IKEA Detolf Shelf. I already have one of these. We talked about this uh, during our mini storage podcast where I um, had set up the shelf and then I kind of put in some other cutting boards, glass cutting boards to add shelves. I'm running out of shelf space. I need another one. And this would be a perfect gift um, to help me manage my miniatures. Good for you, so, man. So, yep, new storage thing. The They are at Ikea for like 60 bucks. They're fantastic for like displaying minis and other little figures and stuff like that. So I highly recommend it. Great. That's exciting. Yeah. You should do Jason, it. Jason, Jason, number three. Uh, number three is a new gaming chair. Oh. I was looking at the Secret Labs, which I think this is a um, long shot because these are expensive chairs. But uh, these are these are pretty popular ones. You can see these. A lot of streamers will sit in these. Um, even non-gamers use these chairs because they're, I guess, really well built, really comfortable. But they are pricey. I mean, we're talking like four to six hundred dollars, depending on oh yeah, you know the thing. So it's a real high quality kind of office chair designed, you know, as kind of a gaming size where you got kind of the wide base and the wide kind of bucket seated back. Uh, the one I'm in right now is showing its wear. It's not even that old, but um, uh, uh, I don't know. It's got a little some quirks to it that make it a little uncomfortable, and I think I'd be I'd be interested in in having another one. I stand at work all day, yeah. um, so at night when I sit, you know, it's kind of like to have a comfortable chair to sit in. I, mm-hmm. I offed my gamer chair. Um, yeah, I remember that. I sold it on like Facebook for twenty bucks, and some guy was really happy to get it. Um, I replaced it with a Lazy Boy office chair from like Staples, no lie. <laughs> and yeah. and if you go shop at Staples, they're like, this chair is rated for you to sit in four hours or two hours or yeah. eight hours. I'm like, give me the cushiest one with the most hours. <laughs> and it's, yeah, I kinda, it's Lazy Boy, so, you know. Yeah, I kind of have, th- you know, th- thought would I want to sell the one I'm in or I don't even know if I'd want anyone else to have it because it's just kind of like it's breaking down. Yeah. Uh, and it was a cheap one. It was like $110, yeah. which. That's what we all spent when they were cool, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Probably but smells the, like farts at this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my wife keeps sitting in it, but no. Uh, I think the, <laughs> Got her. That, no, yeah, I think the, 
the the issue is I don't think I have found a gamer chair that is as comfortable as just a really good office chair. Yeah. That's kind of my problem. Yeah. Um, I because those chair, office chairs, I mean, those office chairs are built for, like you said, s- sitting in it for like eight hours a day. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but I, anyways, you know, the office chairs, really good office chairs are pretty pricey too. So Yeah. You know, you got to watch the sales and stuff like that and what, yep. what those companies are trying to offer. And what I liked about going to Staples was, is I could go sit down on 12 chairs and figure mm-hmm. out what I actually. Yeah. That's true. Was, what, what, fart on each one. Yeah, fart on every one. And <laughs> Which one muffles the sound the best? <laughs> that's right. I got great Well, customers. this one absorbs the smell. <laughs> I'm trying to make a point here. The customer service was great. They, they help you load it in your car. You know, the gamer chair experience for me was kind of a, it just wasn't worth it to look cooler on screen so that was my personal experience i don't know about these um secret lab guys though i don't know how comfortable they are they could be great. i don't either and it's kind of like how am i going to try it because you can't see these find these in stores anywhere but they're like it's really going on on a limb to pay that much for a chair if you haven't been able to sit in it so they're 469 dollars the ones you've linked to and you can yeah. do all mm-hmm. kinds of different fabrics. And, oh, oh, I see what it is. They've got 133 variants, and it's all yeah. about what IP you're putting on your chair, like League of yeah. Legends. Yeah, that Flash, and the fabrics. Yep. The Joker, Batman. Okay, well. Yeah, so it's a little more too. of a customizable experience. Yeah. Um, there. All I know is that, like, it, the, I think everyone that, I've seen that has one of these always says this chair is worth the money. But um, yeah. part of me is like, I think I'm with you, Dan. I'd rather just go sit in a bunch of chairs before I kind of commit that much money to one. Well, and, and to be honest, uh, you'll you'll spend half the price. You, yeah. you could go sit yep. down in the most expensive chair in Staples and spend half, half of what you'd spend on one of these. Yep, exactly. So a new chair, I think, is something I'm interested I in. I just talked you out of something you wanted. So, for the record, <laughs> for the record, I just looked up the return and refund policy of the uh, of the Secret Labs, and first off, number one, a, um, it was like impossible to get to the refund policy. I had to click like eight clicks to get to it. <laughs> All right. Uh, number two, b, you have up to forty nine days from the date you received your product based on their trucking riders to return it and it is free to return. However, you are responsible for all shipping fees and costs. Yeah. Whoa. And number three, good luck repackaging it. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're like, I have to break this down and they're like, No, everything yeah. is snapped together. So yeah. Yeah, their return policy looks stupid complicated. Like, really complicated. Yep. Anyways, a new gaming chair or a new chair for my yeah. uh, desk would be nice. We, we will help you shop for one. We'll all we'll all go together. And we'll all fart we'll in the chair. We'll fart in the chair. Yeah. And whatever smells. This one echoes. Yeah. <laughs> this one. This is, we've descended into fart jokes here on Tabletop and Beyond, folks. This is where we've gone. Christmas and flatulence. Woohoo! <laughs> All right. No, we, we want you to be comfortable, Jay. It matters to us that you're comfortable. It's important. It's important. But one of the things I will say for those gamer chairs, much better neck support than if you're leaning back, right? A lot of those office chairs. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, 
there, let's just say the the options were a lot more slim for neck support. Um, well, and that's the thing is, it's like the the back. <laughs> I say that one of the reasons why I, I just leaned back in my chair. One of the things, a reason I want to get rid of this chair is the it has uh, it has stopped stopping to lean back. <laughs> so if I lean back too hard, it just falls backwards, Woo! and it just did that on me. So I just yeah. fell almost to a laying down position. Oh, but, uh, I had that too. But yes, anyways, I it absolutely has good neck support. Um which is really nice if I'm feeling lazy and need to lean back. But office chairs aren't meant for you to be lazy and No, lean they back. want you to work. Yeah. They want productivity. Productivity. Anyways. Yeah. All right. I think we're on round 4. Yes, sir. Last one. So, Let's do it. this is one I had in my Black Friday miniature market. Uh, cart that disappeared because I forgot that I put it in the cart and walked away kind of like what you said earlier is the Star Wars Rebellion board game and you might think well Star Wars Rebellion you're just doing more spaceships fighting and more AT-ATs versus snow speeders which there's plenty of that but it's an asymmetric game it's for two or four players and the Empire's job is to go seek out wherever the Rebellion is and the leaders of the Rebellion you know, get as much hardware as they possibly can, spread themselves across the galaxy, and pick a military fight with the Rebellion. And what the Rebellion's doing is playing hide and slide, and they're being sneaky, and they're hiding their ships, and they're they're launching, like, missions to go to certain planets and, and turn the tide of events in their direction. So it may seem like, oh, it's another just, you know, you know, spaceship combat game that Dan's obsessed with, and there's a lot of that, too. Um, I'm not going to lie. I have my weaknesses. Um, but it's it's a different kind of game. It's it's asymmetrical. Uh, one player is going to be trying to accomplish one thing, and the other player is going to try to do another. They did have an expansion that had all the Rogue One characters and Rogue One gear as well. So um, it was the only thing FFG put out for Rogue One, and frankly. Um, and it's kind of cool. So uh, that one has been – and I've actually played it. Nate and I played it at uh at um a games cafe in las vegas one time and had a ball isn't this game like four or five years old yeah but it's on my list dude cool yeah <laughs> what was no i'm not saying i'm no i w- yeah. uh, you read that wrong i didn't mean yeah. um <laughs> why are you getting a game that's old that doesn't mean it could I'm be joking. good anymore I'm messing with yeah you. i'm just, just more of a question yeah. and i think it yeah because I remember seeing this box art for a long time and thinking, I've never played that game, and I haven't heard much about it. Yeah, it's out there. It's still You can still look it up on Board Game Geek. You know, mm-hmm. there's enough Star Wars fans to float any rating on Board Game Geek, right? You know, it's like there's yeah. enough, uh, you know, uh, infinite uh, fanboys like me to, to keep stuff going. But um, it's I, I, I've actually played it, and I liked it, and it felt like Star Wars. Um, it felt like the video game that was called Star Wars Rebellion that came mm-hmm. out in the 90s, which, you know, was a turn-based strategy game. Uh, it was kind of like Space Risk or whatever. Yeah, the game came out in 2016. It's five years old. And on Board Game Geek, you know, it's a 372. Oh, complexity is 372 out of five. And their overall rank is um, a number eight. Is it eight? Is that good? Well, I'm trying to figure out their ranking system. I think it's out of 10. 8 out of 10. Okay. Yeah, that's not bad. So it's 8 out of yeah. 10. It's 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 kind of stood the test of time a little bit, just a little bit. So um, 
you know these IP-based games, they can come out and be a huge waste of everybody's yeah. time and money. And then you go, it's kind of like second, third season of a show. You come back after people still are still playing. Yeah. So there's a lot of little components. I was it. getting that confused with the um, Star Wars Imperial Assault game. Yes. Oh, Imperial Assault was fun. Yes. Yeah. Not so, the same thing at all. No, but you know, I mean, like the problem is, is that they all all got similar names. Like, I always got Legion and Imperial Assault confused because they kind of came out around the same time. Yeah. Well, so. it, Legion kind of. Well, Imperial Assault was out a lot earlier than. Was it? So, uh, oh yeah. Imperial Assault was when they reskinned Descent. They took Descent yep. and made Star Wars Descent, and they they put out a lot of content for it, and then they. Uh, went into Legion, and and that is what replaced it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Imperial Assault was fun. I enjoyed that game. Yeah, yeah. If you like to set, you like Star Wars. It's hard not to not to go wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, my last one is a ticket to Adepticon twenty twenty two. Oh baby. So here's the caveat. Uh, tickets aren't actually on sale yet, so I can't get it for Christmas. But I would like a voucher, an IOU. And as, as uh, Lloyd Christmas and Dumb and Dumber says, that's an IOU. That's as good as money. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I would like an IOU to a ticket to Adepticon. Um, I've got some friends that are talking about doing some team-based Age of Sigmar. The interesting thing about this uh, team-based Age of Sigmar is that you come in there, you have a thousand point list, which is like a, a half standard army, right? The standard list is 2,000 points. So you come in there with a thousand points. There's teams of four and you play multiple games, but you switch your teammates each round and you're playing a doubles game. So, like, if Jason and I were playing in one game, then the next game I'd have to go play with, like, Lincoln or somebody else for the second game. And so you rotate your partners um, each each game. But you're on a team, so your overall scores together count. So um, it's I think it's a kind of a cool concept because it's like, you know, you, you um, are on it. Like, they have a big team-based thing, but you're playing individual games. Um, they had that before, so this is like more of a doubles, which I think doubles are a lot of fun. Jason and I have played doubles before. I love before. doubles, yeah. It's so much fun. Um, and so you're playing doubles, but you get to play doubles with like three different partners in three different games, and you're Whoa. all working towards the same goal. You That's know, a lot so. Of complexity. Yeah, I, th- I think it'd be a lot of fun, though, because, um, you know, you've got to figure out how to riff off of each other a little bit, you know. No, the, the room price isn't that bad. In the actual hotel, it's only like 135 a night. Yeah. yeah, Chicago. Chicago in March, a little chilly, a little windy. But, Get you know, deep dish is pizza. In, deep dish. I know you love your Chicago deep dish pizza. Yes, he does. Yes, sir. Yeah. I've made two of them in the past uh, Ooh, baby. two weeks. Hey, you only have 99 days, 9 hours, and 49 minutes and 16 seconds. That's right. That's right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it kind of it kind of looks like um, – it, it might be very interesting. Uh, I know that it's like a big event. Uh, we had gone to the Las Vegas Open, which was in, um, when was that? That was like um, end of January, right, Jason? Uh, yep. And so we did Las Vegas Open in the past, which was a lot of fun, but it was kind of far. 
So, you know, Adepticon might be a little bit more interesting. It's a little bit closer, uh, but it is. I've always kind of wanted to go to Adepticon. Adepticon is like one of the biggest events for like tabletop wargaming in the country. Um, If not uh, the biggest. FFG is moving their big events there. Oh, interesting. Yeah, their their world championship, I think, or nationals or something is going away from the Nova Open. Uh, said, yeah, exactly. Um, I was, Whoa, last time I, last time I heard, so I could be wrong. If I'm wrong, I'm sorry, but yeah, uh, yeah, they're they're going to use they're going to use Adepticon as one of their their major uh, tentpole events. Yeah, uh, looks like the uh, convention center is already out of rooms. Oh wow! What already? Yeah, hundred days out. Well, it could be the rooms that they reserve. Like those hotels don't fully saturate. They they will take. I don't know. <laughs> I was talking to some of the friends, and they've already booked their hotel stuff. Yeah. Hey, we've already booked for Gen Con 2022. Yes, sir. Well, some of us have. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> hey, I, I I gave you. I was jumping up and down, saying, Justin. You caught me when my wife was out of town. That's the. Are best you not thing coming? Well, well, he doesn't I, have a billet in our location because yeah. I only reminded him multiple times and he didn't he didn't yeah. he didn't uh mm. lock it in, shall we say. I gave the affirmative, I just didn't lock it in. So actually you know what I would like for Christmas? Uh bed in the room and <laughs> <laughs> Well, you give me what I want, I'll give you what you want. Yeah. We, we, can, pillows. we can probably make something. We'll 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 talk. We'll talk. Yeah. Fair enough. All right, Jason. What's the last thing you want? Uh, I think we talked about it already in Xbox Series X, and I did not provide a link to it because any link wouldn't matter <laughs> right now. <laughs> but yes, I would like an Xbox Series X in some way or form or another. Are you getting FOMO awesome. on the Series X? Uh, f- uh, no. I mean, I'm I'm a pretty patient guy, so like I don't mind loading. The problem is, is when we got this when we were playing, uh, what was the zombie game we were playing recently? Justin. The Dead by... Uh, yeah, on the Xbox. Um, came out on Games Pass. Ultimate. Oh, uh, Back for Blood. Back for Blood. Yeah. Right? It, 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 I, I started to first notice which people had the Xbox Series yes, X. Yes. I totally because, agree. Because you would get to the... You would finally get to the loading screen to the next mission. You'd be like, oh, hey, guys, it looks like we're doing... And they were like, yes, we already know. And we've already geared up. We've and already geared way, up. We're waiting for all, you. Here's all your leftovers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Dan, we should play the Back for Blood with you. You'd be like, oh, my oh, gosh. Yeah. That'd be fun. I, we should do it. I just want to play something. I don't care what you guys want to play. As long as it's on Games Pass. And yeah. You tell download me that, Back for Blood. If you, is that what I should download tonight? Yep. yep. What's it called? Download. What's it called? Back for Blood. Back for Blood. Yep. All right. I'll, I'll try to do that. It's a fun one. It's like a zombie survival game. Oh, that but you play it has together. like a it has a card collecting component to it though. Yeah. Like your skills are actual cards that you can collect in the game. What? <laughs> and yeah. you can build you can build a deck so that each level you can select cards from your hand to they give you like extra ammo boost. or extra health or yeah, something. Yeah, it's kind of like it's kind of cool. Okay. All right. And uh, and then you got to like first person shooter your way through with your four person team. And we are yeah, talking so. about a video game, right? Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just double checking. <laughs> I'm very yeah. confused right now. Very confused. It's yeah. good time. 
the time. Well, I think that's our list, and uh, you know we're uh, we're excited for Santa Claus as much as anybody else. So um, I'm I'm just hoping that Mrs. Claus got the hint after I texted you know Red Harvest to her a few times. <laughs> So. She may think that's code for something you guys just do together. I think, I think she, I think she got the hint. The question is, is she going to act upon it? But you know what, Mrs. Claus, she always comes through. So. Well, she could be one of those Mrs. Clauses who looks at your stacks and stacks of unpainted minis and and un yeah. that sprues that still have not been put together and kind of yeah. waves her finger at you and says, yeah. "Really, you need more?" Yeah. She she tells me I don't have enough space on my shelf, and she might not be wrong. So. It's okay, though. All right. Well, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Uh, again, check out our Facebook page. We've been a little bit more active on it, and uh, we're trying to get more content up there for you guys. Uh, give us a like. Give us a share. Let your friends know. Uh, we'd love to hear from you guys. So thank you so much for listening. Have a great night. Have a great Christmas. Merry Christmas. See you guys later. <laughs>